isn't it a wonderful time of year with the beautiful greens in the trees, the grass, the everything just growing so well. We see more of the sun, it's warmer, winter is behind us, and away we go into a time of blossoms and flowers and just beauty. And then there are the fruit trees. We've got an apricot tree. We've had it for about four years, and I think we got one apricot off it. We've been really trying to look after it. And this year looks like the year when it'll have more fruit. We've been watching it really, really carefully. Can I show you our fig tree? It's only a few years old, but it re really, really bears a lot of fruit. Jesus told us to learn a lesson from the fig tree. He had been talking about the things that would happen before the end of the world, the signs of his second coming. Remember, he came the first time as a baby and the second time when he comes, it'll be to take his people home to heaven. Are you looking forward to that? I certainly am. You know, that's known as the blessed hope. We have hope in our hearts and it really is a blessing. But what's the lesson from the fig tree that Jesus wanted us to learn? He said, when its, when its branches put out leaves, you know summer is near. Look, our fig tree has leaves. And Jesus said, that is a sign that summer is coming. And I like the summer. In verse 33 of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, When you see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Well, being at the door is pretty close. Of course, he was talking about the signs that he had already discussed. New leaves are a sign that summer is near. Wars, famines, earthquakes and pestilences, including COVID-19, they're signs too. They are signs pointing to the fact that Jesus' return must be very soon. So this is my question. Now that we know Jesus is coming again, how should we live our lives as we see the signs fulfilling? There are some people who are filled with fear. But it was Jesus who said... These signs are but the beginning of sorrows. They're only the start. There's more to come. In verse 6 of Matthew 24, Jesus tells us how we should respond to seeing such troubling events, and they are troubling events. But Jesus said, See that you are not troubled. In other words, don't worry, don't stress. But what are people doing? Well, there are many that I've met that are worrying and they are stressed out and the anxiety levels are off the charts for some. Worry won't help when it comes to COVID-19. Worry won't fix it. But there are decisions to make. Decisions about vaccination. Decisions uh, about other things that are going on in our lives. And there are big questions like, will vaccinations become mandatory? And if we don't have one, will we be allowed to work? 
or worship together? Now, there's a big question. We don't have the answers to those things. But there are many people who are outspoken. There are so many voices. Some of the loudest voices are from the fewest number of people, but they are still there. And the question is, how do we avoid getting stressed out about these things? So many voices. Well, my sermon is not about the vaccine. But let me make a brief comment. Do you know Dr. Neil Nedley? You, you may have heard of the depression recovery programs that he's been involved in. He's done a great job of those and many other things. And if there's one doctor that I find to be a credible presenter, Dr. Nedley would be the one. I want to share a link that you can, you can look at later. You may want to take a photo of the screen with your phone or write it down very quickly if you don't have a, your camera handy or, or a phone handy. But I'll share the link to one of his presentations that I found really, really helpful. Also, I want to share with you a link to an article that I really appreciated. I found it very thought-provoking in relation to vaccines. And so you can look these things up later on. And I hope they're a blessing to you. But there are people who are worried. Just the other day, a friend said to me, what's going on behind the scenes? He was certain that something is going on. Not sure what it might be, but he was worried about those things. Yep, definitely worried. Stressed, for sure. I don't know if you've heard the song, Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear now are at stake. Well, it sounds like that's talking about this year, right now, even though the song was written some time ago. But we've got limits on how we work, limits on travel, that's for sure, and even limits on who we hang out with and how many there can be. I understand why. Those things make sense to me. But, you know, if it was true when that song was written that troublesome times were here back then, is it ever true today? Well, the signs are pretty clear. Jesus' coming must be very near. There's a lot going down, but we shouldn't be surprised at that. The question is, what should we do as we live in these COVID days, as we live seeing the signs fulfilling, reminding us that Jesus' coming must be soon? Well, I've got some things I want to share with you. And let me tell you what they are, and then I'll show you from the scriptures. First of all, we need to put our trust in Jesus ever more as the days go by. Put your trust in Jesus and share with others what God means to you. We'll talk about that and also keep positive. And there's more to share about that from the Bible. And focus your mind on God through prayer and worship and praise, attending church, even if it is online. It's a blessing that we can still do that. 
Well, there's a lot going on behind the scenes, and I'm going to invite you, if you have your Bible handy, to turn to Revelation chapter 12. We'll read from verse 7, and we'll have a look also in verse 11. Remember, Revelation gives us a glimpse of what's going on behind the scenes. We know that there's a lot happening, and we also know that Revelation is all about Jesus, because in the first verse of that book, it tells us that it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, and we should never forget that. But when we understand what's going on behind the scenes, then we can figure out how to respond and how we should live. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7, it tells us there was war in heaven. And that war was between Christ and Satan. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, he gained us freedom, and that was when the war was finally won. What a wonderful thing to have Jesus' sacrifice on our behalf. But even though the war has been won, the battle rages on, and we see evidences of that. It's a battle for the mind, for the allegiance of individuals, and it will finally be a battle over worship. But how can we, God's people, deal with the stress of these times and do that positively? Please have a look a little further down in Revelation chapter 12. and Let's see what it says in verse 11. It says there, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. So the overcomers, they overcame the evil one through Jesus' blood. It seems to me then that it's even more important for us to put our trust in Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one who can deal with our past as we accept his sacrifice on our behalf and he can deal with our present too. Now it was John who wrote the book of Revelation and the same apostle wrote 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's no wonder that the Apostle Paul said that we should pray without ceasing. We need to pray to confess our sin, to tell God about the things that we've done that were less than ideal, and to ask for forgiveness. And to keep the connection with our Heavenly Father, we need to pray as well. Of course we can ask him for our needs. Jesus said to do that. But there are other reasons for prayer. As I've shown you, in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, it tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. But it goes on from there and says, by the word of their testimony. So they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Well, what's that about? Well, your testimony is about telling others what God has done for you what difference he makes in your life. How has he helped you in these COVID days? Well, I can tell you that I have so many things to be thankful for. 
things that God has given me. For instance, he's given me a new approach to thinking. I remember meeting a positive person a number of years back and I just thought they were totally unrealistic. I wasn't a particularly negative person, but I wasn't a particularly positive one either. And so I've learned a few things from that man in, in particular and he, ma he started me thinking about it. He made me think. But I thought initially, I just thought that he was ignoring the negative realities of life. Well, as I discovered later, I found out that he had lost a child. So he and his wife, they had lost a little baby. And in order for them to be able to cope and to survive the issues of their life and to move on from their grief, they chose to be positive. They weren't the only ones. And over the years, I've realized that I have a choice about my thoughts and you do too. Now, it does take practice and I'm still practicing and I haven't got it right yet, but I'm a long way further ahead than what I was. And let me tell you, it makes a difference. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. You know where he was when he wrote these words? In prison. Look at what he wrote. In prison. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And he goes on, keep putting into practice what you've learned. Now, you know what he's talking about there. He's talking about the things that they had learned from the Bible and from his teaching. So as we keep putting those things into practice, that makes a difference to our lives too. Then, he says, the God of peace will be with you. Do you want peace in your life in these COVID days and with whatever it is that's going on for you? I can assure you, I want that peace. And I have experienced it again and again. And it's wonderful. The Apostle Paul had that peace. And he's telling us how he got it. Remember, he was in prison when he wrote the, these things. And this is what he said. Focus your mind. That's effectively what he's saying. Focus your mind on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise. If I take that seriously, it's going to make a difference to what I watch on television, on YouTube, on social media. It's going to make a difference to the way I talk. It's going to make a difference to who I listen to, if they are positive or negative, or if they're critical of others. Will I really want to listen to that and take those things on board? Well, if I focus my mind on what's true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and worthy of praise, those things will make a difference to my thought processes. So it sounds like there's no need to be critical or negative because if we do, we're going to miss the blessing. Maybe you've already experienced what Paul was talking about, but if not, there is a blessing waiting for you. And if you've already experienced it, there's more. 
God still has more. Let me assure you of that. The best is yet to come. And what is that blessing? Well, in our context, peace in the pandemic would have to be part of it at least. Well, I'm still working on it, but what I'm sharing, as I said, has made a big difference to me. So as we read from Revelation chapter 12, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. What's your testimony? I guess I'm sharing a bit of what God has done for me and that's my testimony, I guess. So can I ask you about your testimony? What would be the word of your testimony? What's he doing in your life right now? God, I mean. What virtue is he developing? Now, I've shared with you a couple of things for myself, but what would you share? For me, your testimony is about how God is interacting with your life now. Yes, of course it's important what he did before when Jesus died on the cross, how he paid for our sins and how he has redeemed us. That is just amazing. But if it's only back there, it's not enough. God makes a difference right here and right now. Now, let me speak to the younger people in our midst. It's just possible that you have noticed that some of those who are more mature have a depth in their experience with God that is admirable. And maybe you'd like to have that too. It was like that for me with my mother. I saw that she had tremendous faith and I wanted her faith. But guess what? I couldn't have it. I had to grow my own, or rather, let God grow my faith. And he has done it over the years. And God will grow you through the years, through good times and bad times, but he'll be with you as you turn your mind over to him and let him live out his life through you. Well, I want to go to what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and verse 14. So if you can turn there in your Bible, let's read together because Jesus started opening up another dimension of sharing. He said, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations and then the end will come. So I guess I could ask, in the context of the signs of the second coming, and knowing that Jesus' coming must be soon, what are God's people doing? Well, clearly, they're sharing the gospel message with others. Introducing other people to Jesus. Jesus saves. He makes a difference in our lives here and now. There are many things we can't do in terms of the spread of the gospel. We can't run public meetings like we did before. But what can we do? Well, we've used the internet, we've done that a fair bit, and I'm sure we could do it more and more effectively, and we certainly want to do better with social media. So 
if you know about how social media works and if you can help us do better in the social media space, I'd be interested to hear from you. But what about something as simple as friendship? Would that count? Well, you know, there are many ways to express friendship. Even with the COVID lockdown that we have experienced and it's current right now for me where I am, but what about going for a walk with a neighbour or a friend? Of course, put on the mask, do the right thing and keep the distance how we're meant to. But what about just talking and sharing and, and being there as a genuine friend? And at the right time, in the right way, if it seems appropriate, God will open the way for you to tell them a bit more. Have you heard of Are You OK Day? Wow. I was so disappointed that we hadn't thought of that. I mean, here we are wanting to help other people and somebody else thought of such a great idea where you just speak to a friend by phone, in person, whatever you're able to do appropriately and ask them, are you OK? And care for them and share things with them. And I guess that's a perfect opportunity to be able to just be a genuine friend. Well, some time back, a friend asked me if we could study the Bible together. And of course, I agreed. I was very interested to know what he was hoping for, because I don't have people just walk up and ask to study the Bible with me every day of the week. And I found he wanted to study last day events. Well, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Because we are in the last days as we understand it. Well, I listened for a while to what he was saying and after a bit I realised he was just looking for information and I knew immediately that that would never be enough. And so after a while, when it seemed the appropriate time, I just said, can I share with you what I can offer you? Of course, he agreed, and I said, I'm happy to study last day events, but please let me introduce you to Jesus, because we need to have a living, loving relationship with him, if anything is going to mean anything at all. And I told him, as I've mentioned already today, the last book of the Bible has a lot to say about last day events, but let's remember that first and foremost, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, I kept working to help him to grow that relationship. And I remember the day. He was so excited. He had taken another step in the journey and he had experienced Jesus in a new way. And he couldn't wait for more. Well, Jesus didn't say, go and tell people, about me. He said, go and make disciples. Disciples follow Jesus. And we've been doing just that as individuals and as a church. Even in these COVID days, we've used appropriate methods. And I thank God for committed people faithfully returning tithes and offerings, facilitating the work of the gospel. Recently, we've seen significant evidence of that faithfulness. 
And that has made it possible for us to do some new things in Victoria, to reach out into new areas to let others know that Jesus is coming again. Even with the lockdowns that we have experienced, and here in Victoria we've had plenty of that, but even with these COVID days, we have seen record highs in the growth of our church across Victoria. We've had many people, new people, come and join the church. And we've had more new church companies formed than ever before. And I praise God for the dedication and faithfulness of our people and our pastoral team and our teachers, our church members, because we're all in this together. I should have included the people at the conference office because, again, we are all in this together. In Matthew chapter 25, we find more about what God's people will be doing in the context of the last days. In verse 31, we find the story of Jesus' return. Now remember, back in chapter 24, we found the, the signs of the second coming of Christ. But in chapter 25, we find the story of his return. Of course, it's told in advance because he hasn't come yet. But in verse 31 and following, it tells us of how he divides those who will go to heaven from those who won't. And in verse 34, it tells us, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why was Jesus inviting them to come with him to heaven? Because they cared about people. They had fed the hungry, provided water, given accommodation and clothes to those who need it. They, they cared for the sick. They visited the people in prison. Well, it sounds like Adra had been really, really busy. But it is more than Adra, isn't it, really? Because it's a way of caring personally. And Jesus had caught those people being good. I'm really pleased that we've got about eight churches across Victoria who have started new ADRA initiatives since lockdowns began. It's good to know that our people care. But can I take a moment to give you just another glimpse, just quickly, of what God's people, the saved, will do and what will be their focus? Come with me to Revelation chapter 15 and verse 2. And here we see God's people and they're on what's known as the sea of glass. They are the saved. They're the ones who are victorious. And you can read about it right there. In verse 3, it tells us they were singing a song. And it was the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. You can read some of the words in verse 3 and verse 4. And let me sum it up for you. It's a song of praise to God. It's focused on God, on the qualities of his character. Like these words, Great and marvellous are your works, O Lord God the Almighty. Well, look at the words there that are focused on his character. Great, marvellous, Lord God, Almighty. Wow, there's so much there. Their minds were focused on God. They'd been through trials and tribulations, but they weren't focused there. They focused on God. That's something for us to learn. 
right there. Because as we focus our minds on God, it makes a difference. It makes a difference to us. We need to praise him much more than he needs to hear our praises. And as we focus our minds on him, the things of earth do grow strangely dim. They don't seem to matter as much. You know, we started off talking about the fig tree and the leaves on the fig tree being a sign of summer. And it reminded us that Jesus had said it's the same with the signs of the second coming. We can be sure it's on the way. It's coming. And one day it's going to happen. I wasn't always excited about that news. Yeah, I wanted to be able to go to heaven and I wanted to be able to be with Jesus, but I was a bit unsure of myself. I can remember trying to do everything I knew to be right. I just wanted to be able to go to heaven. And I kept on doing and trying and working harder and doing all the things that I knew to be right. Man, I tell you, that was tough going. Not because it would have been easier to do the wrong thing, but just it was hard. Like I was trying to prove something to God and the reality was, as I thought about it, deep down I knew that I really wasn't good enough. Yeah, eventually I came to the point where I just said, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. I'm not going to. And eventually the day came when I said to God, I'm done with this. I'm just not going to keep on doing these things and working like this. From now on, I'm just going to leave it to Jesus to deal with the issues of my past. And I'll let him work in my life today and my future is in his hands. In fact, my life is in his hands. But I'm not going to try and do it anymore. Well, it was like Jesus said to me, Finally, why didn't you do that sooner? That would have been a fantastic thing for you to do sooner. And as I did that, it felt like a huge backpack that I'd been dragging around just rolled off my back. And I didn't have to carry the load anymore because I'd turned it over to Jesus. As we trust him, he makes a difference in our lives. I can tell you he's made a difference in mine. I don't know how people get on who don't know Jesus. I don't know how people get on who don't have God in their lives. And you know, it makes me think, we've got challenges in our world, but as we turn things over to Jesus and as he makes a difference, we're going to have a story to tell. See, I keep telling my story to people in various ways, depending on who's there and what's going on. But I can't help but tell the difference that Jesus has made in my life. And I know he cares about you too. So here's my invitation to you. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, let me invite you to take a step closer to Jesus and turn your life over to him in a new way today. Let me pray with you. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for being such a great and wonderful God. We thank you for caring for us, for sending Jesus, 
for showing us how to live and how to love and for giving us a story to share. The good news story of what you have done on our behalf and that Jesus is coming again. We've come to worship you today. And it's the time for us to go from this place of worship and this time of worship. And as we associate with others in our world, we just ask that you will help them to see that we've been with Jesus and that that makes all the difference. And may they want to know Jesus too. We turn to you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Let me wish you God's richest blessing.